This is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Welcome back to another episode of Corporate Cafecito. Yo soy Mario Rodriguez. Yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. And today uh, we have a special guest. Uh, she is um, someone that I've known for most of my professional career. And unbeknownst to me, she is also a flame uh, from UIC. So welcome, Olga. Olga Camargo. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Really happy to be here. So Olga, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about you before we start grilling you with questions? <laughs> <laughs> bueno, um, crecí en la villita, so raised in la villita, and uh, to... Uh, parents from Guanajuato, Mexico, uh, who immigrated here in 1970-some, early 70s. Y este, so La has always been home to me. And now um, I think I've, I've, a lot of the things that I do today, in retrospect, I think are connected to being raised in La Villita, things that I learned, things that I know that are community values. And I try to, um, I guess, I, I try to bring that all together to make it, to, to make my life like a little bit more real the way I'm living it so I can live it with purpose. And I ended up, um, now, now I'm a mom. Fast forward many, many years later, I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I'm an auntie. I'm married. And I also married another flame. Yes. Yay, go yes. UIC. <laughs> I'll throw the UIC. I'm in Chicago. I love it. So things that you need to know about Olga, she has her feet like cemented into two things. And that's very much her community, you know, our Latin culture, who we are, and then also our financial well-being. So Olga, tell us a little bit about what you do for in the finance world. In a nutshell, I help employers put together retirement programs, 401ks, 403bs, when they're nonprofit organizations. And then I help them select investment lineups to use within those 401ks. And when all of that is set, then I start talking to the participants, the employees, about the importance of saving for retirement. And then get into answering questions about retirement. And then Answering other questions that have nothing to do with retirement. <laughs> and that's that. And so I do that professionally. And I also have a business partner who I co-head the investment advisory practice with. He's also Latino. So I would say that um, in Chicago, Illinois, and even across the nation, we're among the very, very few Latinos that actually dedicate themselves and can dedicate themselves to doing this kind of work. It's very difficult to be, to get to this position within the industry. I'll share something that, that at the Latino Policy Forum breakfast or luncheon that they had uh, most recently, uh, about a month ago, Illinois, uh, with they looked at populations across the country, especially with the Latinos, uh, California being one, Texas being one, Chicago. Uh, the highest percentage of those participating in investments is here in Illinois. So... 
like to know why, what's the cause? They didn't get into that because they were just giving a high level Olga's overview. Olga's the cause. But is it, <laughs> is it Olga or what, what is that that's causing that, that more individuals here of, of Latino background is, are actually participating in, in the retirement? I'll say this. I think we have like obviously a lot of legislation right now. We have the Secure Choice program here in Illinois yes. that has been rolled out, was rolled out a few years ago. First to the larger employers, then to the mid-sized employers, and now to the smaller employers. And But even prior to that, there has been, even within the nonprofit space, a lot of push by these CEOs that are trying to, or executive directors, that are really trying to get their, um, their, their employees retirement ready. So I think there's just a little bit of a more of a focus than in other areas. I can say that because I've seen it, but I also think that the legislation is just pushing more individuals to more employers to make sure that their employees are more retirement ready. It's just becoming, it just creates more awareness of the importance of that. I think it's so key. Like my parents had a 401k. And it was, you know, I I remember like it was not large when they retired, um, but they had something, and it was such a good safety net for them um, because they were they weren't going to have pensiones, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and social security wasn't enough. And I think that there is a a big education. Um, and I don't mean to answer the question, but I think in Chicago we also have like a lot of education in terms of like what it is and how to, how to use it. And, you know, I, I remember like hearing 401k when I was a little girl and I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, and I remember hearing just words. I remember my parents would say leave of absence. And I was like, what's that? And then I found that when I grew up, it's a leave of absence, but they would just merge it all together. So I think it's really pivotal. If you have one person at a company that can explain it to everyone else, you get more consensus into using the programs that are available. It is. And I also think that it is the CEOs and the executive directors that build that culture of saving. I've I've seen it over and over. And if they pay attention and they start talking to their employees about it, the employees obviously, number one, they think, well, this person is telling me, we're creating awareness, right? They, they, They get the awareness, but then also, they also feel that the employer has their well-being yeah, like at heart. And and they do. Do you have some examples of like what a good employer does that gets that message across? Like what does good look like? Yeah, okay. I'll describe um actually it's an actual nonprofit in the Pilsen area. And this nonprofit uh CEO, it's a she. It just happens to be a she. <laughs> she has always herself She's probably an ella. Eso una ella. <laughs> Uh, she's always been a lot about preparing herself. And, you know, she's more knowledgeable than a typical person out there because she's made it, you know, she's, she, she lost her husband. She's, mm-hmm. She has um, older kids. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you know, she's obviously looking out for the kids still. I mean, they're, they're adults now. But she had, to, she had to do this. And she wasn't, she didn't just start doing it. She was already looking at her finances way before her husband passed away. And so she just took this whole 
like her essence of understanding that and she brought it to work. And she, and I know for the most part, a lot of employers care about their employees. Right. But she made this so personal because she knew that it's something that our Latino community lacks a lot. I mean, they can, they'll know about where the money goes into the bank. Some people don't even know as basic as how to even, you know, um, you know, keep track of their, of their, of their checking account. It's, it's, it's difficult for them because they don't understand. Right. They haven't been, they haven't been educated yet. And so she takes, now she knows about if that's the issue at that level, then investments are even, that's a, that's a bigger issue too. It's an issue. I think that with education, we can definitely take care of, but it's going to take a long time to do that. So she decided that she was going to make that a priority at this nonprofit to the point that she, it's, it's one of the nonprofits that I have always, and, and not that I admire all nonprofits, but she took it to this other level. She started putting in like matching dollar for dollar for these employees up to the five, per, first 5%. Wow. So by the time that That's that employee puts in 5%, they're getting she's 10. getting, yeah. she's giving them another 5%. Now they're saving 10% a year, which is huge because typically uh, you're supposed to be saving between 10 to 15% a year so that you can get retirement ready, right? And that's if you're doing it right around like 30s. So these folks are on their way to at least becoming more retirement ready. Right, right. Having something. What motivated you or what inspired you? Was there a moment? Was there... A person, what made you want to focus on the financial well-being of your community? Well, Nayeli, you know, much to what you said earlier, growing up, I would hear words uh, that in it, it within. I mean, just just one specific example was, I was at my mother's bridal shop working with her, and I remember I must have been like fourteen. This financial guy with a tie comes in. And he doesn't speak like a, a lick of Spanish. Mm-hmm. And my mom really didn't speak any English. So next thing you know, it's like, I'm the, yeah. I'm, the, one, the I'm the translator yeah. Yeah. at 14 years old. And this guy starts looking at my mom, telling her like, okay, well, this is what I'm selling, you know, whatever it is, the, whatever the financial service was. Um, and my mom couldn't make sense of it. And she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and then the guy's <laughs> looking at me and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and then I don't even know if I got like 30% of that translation. Right. Yeah. I know. I, I didn't even get, I know that that's probably, that, that was probably too much for me to even think that I got You're right. Like, no gracias. <laughs> but at the end, you know what happened? What? The guy did not make the sale, but at the end, like he didn't make the sale at the end, but I also realized he had stopped looking at my mom. And he was trying to get, trying to sell it to a 14-year-old. And I guess when I think about that moment, I also think about a little bit of the disregard for my mom and still trying to sell it irrespective of whether or not she understood it Mm -hmm. and really resorting to a 14-year-old to try to like help make the sale. And I think about that. That I always think about that. When you said that, it just felt hard. Yeah. Like, Hard, I think, as as you're, like, I think about your mom, where I would feel, like, so left out. And then I think about the pressure this 14-year-old girl was feeling. And then, like, 
this man's just trying to sell something. The whole thing is. You're just like, what? Like, back off. We're not your audience. Well, Nayeli, and the yeah. other thing, too, is why was I feeling all stressed out? Like, it was not my sale. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to be in a quota, but I was feeling stressed <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? So I know that that's not an isolated case. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's about, well, how do we, how do we start sort of, you know, getting back to addressing that issue. Right. So growing up and going to college, I just knew one day I'd have to do something important. I didn't think about that. I know I didn't think about that. It's, it's I knew I'd, I wanted to do something for our community if I was going to go into finance. That's all I knew. What? I have no clue. At the, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know because I was so young. It was very a very blurry vision, right, of what I wanted to do. But I just knew I was going into that general direction. I um I love your story. I loved um you know for those listening, I got to sit next to Olga's dad at an event uh recently and we're going to talk about that event in a little bit, but um to say that like your dad, like I'm getting choked up, like se le llena de la boca when he talks about you. And I think like if that was your goal, like you killed it, sister. <laughs> Okay, so let me change it before. Talk to us about Sheenix. Yeah. Okay, so Sheenix is uh, a newer undertaking that I just, it really it came, I knew I wanted to do something within fintech. Again, when you know you're going into a general direction, mm-hmm. but you're still not clear what that is, but you know you're moving towards that. Yeah. And so it wasn't until COVID hit. And... I started reading the red, the headlines like everyone else and started seeing that all these women, all these Latinas were the first ones to let go. The first ones that felt that they had to exit because they had to go home and take care of kids. Um, and for whatever other reason, they were just, yeah. they were just exiting. And I remember um, that it was that year, I think it was like 2020 and then 2021 and it was just like they, they were just leaving in record numbers. And I just and I just thought to myself, again, it's the Latinas taking the brunt. And and you know, it's 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 like you don't have I don't have to read about this, about what Latinas go through. I'm a Latina and I have friends that are Latinas. The bulk of my friends are Latinas. So between us, we can write a book about what's happening with Latinas. Yeah. And again, I I, I felt I was upset. I was very mad. And I just thought, okay, so here, here it's happening again. We're getting the Shafterino basically again. Yeah. And, and then what's going to happen is so this is not only are we already behind on equal pay. What are we, 60 cents, right? We're right now, I think it's like 52, 52 cents to 57 cents, okay. depending on if you're full-time or you're part-time. Okay. And, and I just thought, what, this is going to put us even more behind. So if we're already two years behind, what is this going to do? And we're going to stop participating. And not, not, now we're going to be what, like three, four years behind by the time we get back Mm -hmm. or these folks get back. I I was, I was luckily so, I mean, I was employed, but the truth of the matter is it's just like when you see it again and you see it again and you see it again, it, it just gets to you. And, 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 and I felt that I had to do something. And then I remember thinking, you know what? Latinas are going to go back to the workforce. 
It's going to happen. It's going to have to happen. Of course, two years later, right, people started to go back. And I remember hearing people saying, well, we got to get Latinas back to where they used to be. And I just thought to myself, no. We got to get them further. We got to get them to the right starting line now. Yeah. And that means addressing equal pay. That means that when you, when, when Latinas are out there, you know, getting their job, or taking the off, or or about to take the offer, for them to understand, yes, I'm getting a square deal here. Yes, yep. this is equal pay, mm-hmm. right? And so that's it's very important for for them to start there because if we're going to get them back to where they used to be, right, then we're that, still going to be behind. We're st- we're going to be super behind right. at that point, right? Yeah. Extremely behind. And so I was just upset, and I just thought, no, you know what? I know what this Shenix fintech app has to be. Before I can even talk to Latinas about their investments, before I can talk to them about saving for that house or for, for opening up that business, they we have to know that they've got the right position, the right offer in place, that they're getting equal pay. And then we can talk about everything else. Right. And Latinas are opening up the most number of new businesses. Yes. And we are the one of the highest participation rates in the workforce. So And we, we're also 70, north of like 75% in terms of making all of the financial decisions in our for our households. Yep. That's huge. And guess what? We make more Latinos. <laughs> and we also make them more Latinos. Latinos and Latinitas. We're going to refresh our cafecito. While we do that, visit our website, corpcafecito.com, for more information on how to contact Mario or me. just felt that it was a a super call to action it wasn't it was a super like like this has to happen and so we decided to make Sheenix establish it as a go-to trusted app Mm -hmm. the app itself is free so free that you don't need a credit card because I didn't want to put any barriers for anyone Mm -hmm. like if we're really going to help Latinas it's got to go it's got to go to that 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 level right you can't ask for a credit card and, you know, we started to put in um, articles and small videos for micro learning moments, uh, just in, in terms of like, you know, um, are you, and it's, and that's also an inter, intergenerational app. So basically mm-hmm. we're talking about Latinas that it might be the mom um, that might have a daughter that might have also a granddaughter or, and we're also talking to Latinas that are just graduating from college. And so it's about sort of following that life, that life journey that Latinas have, right? From understanding what debt is, what bad debt is, mm-hmm. and also understanding uh, that, you know, here's, here's also information on how you should be getting your budget together. And as a matter of fact, Sheenix... For many people, and I think it's not—it's not just Latinas. It's for many, I think, overwhelming majority of Americans. 
they know that a budget is good, but have they ever had one? Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, a lot of people have that perception of, well, I don't have enough money to have a budget. And I'm like, no, that's why you need the budget. It's square one. If you work or you're about to take a position, you should know, okay, if, if I'm making whatever it is, you know, 60000 a year, you should know how much of that 60000 if you're bringing in the money, you should know what you're spending. Right. And, and also with that budget, you should also know what you should be saving. So that's, that's square one, and everyone has to have that. Now, if you ask somebody to put together a budget, that's where they are going to start to like say, like, well, I'll get to it. I don't even know what the categories are. I don't even know. So let's just get that out of the way. Right. When you register for Sheenix, we ask you a couple of questions. These are not tough questions. You can answer these in your sleep. As soon as you're done registering, it sends you, our first gift to you is a budget. Probably the first thing you've ever seen in your life in terms of a budget. Yeah. So people get to see, okay, so am I spending a little too much on this? Probably. Um, Oh, I'm actually really good when it comes on to spending in this category, maybe housing, Uh, transportation. Maybe I'm spending a little too much. I'm not saving enough for my retirement. I'm not, I don't have enough of an emergency fund. So it's all of that that you need to take into account, right? If you know how to make money, you should also know how to spend it and how to save it. That's all it is. That's all it is. So we make it easy. I love it. That's so, it's so important. Like I think about, you know, one of my cousins, Athena and I, we always joke, like we used to have to um, like transfer on the phone through the Chase telephone number, like which send like $3 and then she'll send me $4 back, like two days later, um, you know, when we were in college and we didn't have money and a check was going to bounce for rent. And like, we were like, we can't even make a budget. We don't have money. Like we can't put money away. And I think my dad would always be like, si ponen cinco dólares por semana, you know, in 10 years, it could be this much. Or, you know, and I, I think that to just have that education or have someone tell you like, you can get there but you need to like analyze everything. And if we would have looked at our budgets realistically, we would have seen that we went out way too much and we shouldn't have been doing stuff like that. Right, Mario? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, one of the things too that that I think it's just not taught in school, right? It's not taught in school for, no. for budgeting. Mm-mm. Investing is not taught in school. Entrepreneurship is not taught in school. So, you know, uh, as, as we're going to an election year, you said that in another episode, we should look at those that, that are actually promoting this to be instilled in the schools because um, it's just more of the same, right? More of the same, and it's just not Latinos. I think it's, it's a large population in the United States. But budgeting also makes you aware of where your money's going to, right? It empowers you to say, I want my money to go there, or no, I'd rather have it go over here. So but finances are very confronting, very confronting, because you start thinking of this fixed mindset, I don't have enough, Right. And in that, you start seeing like, okay, I do have enough. Or maybe you just start shifting things around. And it's a constant battle for, for, for a lot of us, right? Uh, but just going there, it's like, all right, where, where's everything at, right? Where's everything at will really empower you. And I'm glad that you've taken some of that weight off of it with this, with this app. I haven't checked it out yet. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. But it really takes off the, the weight of where do I even start? And here's like, answer the questions. We're going to send you a budget. So I'm really interested in, in, in you know, uh, seeing in it. But definitely this this is cutting edge for a community. I, you know what? And I will say that I've had multiple Latinas really give me the feedback in terms of what is needed. And I 
right now we're about to go into another phase of going back and checking in with the Sheenix users, Latina users, to see what else is missing and how it can be bettered. Because I really want this to be yeah. a an app that is for the community, but is also being helping. They're helping me design it too. It's not. I can't author this on my own. I just can't. Yeah, no, well, feedback no, is Because then you'll have important. just your experience. Yeah. And no, it's like, and it no, we need that. everybody's yeah. viewpoints. And people are bringing in different things. So the one thing that we are doing this coming year for 2024, Sheenix is having a uh, the uh, vision board for your finances. That's so great. we're doing that on February 3rd. I'm going to go ahead and plug that in now. <laughs> but uh, you do need to go through the Sheenix app because you will need your budget. And then we're going to start giving you a way of thinking of what that financial like vision board is going to look like for, 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 for everybody, for everyone's going to have a different financial Mm -hmm. vision board Yeah, because they, everybody has different opportunities or different wants, different desires, different goals. And that's fine. But I just wanted, I want people to pay attention to it because whatever you actually put together at the beginning of the year we're going to want you to put it somewhere where you will be able to see it. Or you can see and it's gonna, and it's it. Gonna, and your yeah. mindset, you know, because you put work into that. So it'll follow you throughout the year. And I, I got to tell you, I know that many times you see it, maybe you put that away and you forget about it. But, if, but you have to be intentional about seeing it, that work that you put in, you got to see it every day. So, yeah. you, it, so you're in that mindset, you're in the zone. You know, it's funny. Once you get in that zone, like the first thing I do when I wake up, when I get my phone, I check on my finances. And I do like, and I caught three credit card frauds in the past month. Wow. Um, but I, it wasn't crazy because I was, I was like, I told my husband, I'm like, you spend $80 at Jersey Mike's? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh, lock it down. Lock, 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 lock. You know, and it's just, I think that I've gotten in that habit. And I attribute it a lot to my dad, who was a business owner, because we had to do daily deposits. And so I had to check to make sure that we had done it, that it had gone through, que había dinero para esto, dinero para esto. And so, like, you know, all those, my dad was so wise. It was like a like karate kid, right? He was training me every day with different exercises that I hated doing, but he got me into the mindset of, we check the balances, and as his secretary, um, you know, I learned to do that. And I think that a lot of my financial acumen comes from him. So I will say that there are people that obviously learn that from home. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do know uh, is that I know a Latina that is very much um, about forcing herself to save. So it's not just about making the money, but forcing herself to save every single month. And what she does is she buys homes, right? Not all at the same time. None of this, like, let's just get like three of them at a time. Yeah. No, no, she's, she's, she's made a point to sort of, you know, plan these out. And she says, all I, all I know is that I'm making this money, but I need to know where it's going. So I know I've got to spend on my bread. I know I've got to spend like whatever, where, where mm-hmm. I live. And, and my groceries, whatever it is, every day, like every month, monthly expenses, right? And, but she also says, I know that I'm making, you know, two home purchases. I'm, 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 she got in when, when the market was. That's great. When it was. I love was hearing great. those stories. But those, those are the things that she is forcing herself to do. She makes herself save. She knows where that money's going. 
Yeah. That's, I, that's huge savings. It is huge savings. And I, I think real estate has been something that our community natu- naturally gravitates towards. Exactly. Because um, it's safe. Like it feels like we can hold it. You know, people, people feel that way because again, it's a tangible, yeah, right. right? It's there. It's, it's like, well, why I see it here, but so, but I, I would say that's, that's a great way of doing things. Um, and maybe other people have other ways of forcing themselves to say, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And you know, there's so much that I think our community can teach one another about that. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of our community, you are big on giving back. And that's one of the things. So um, if you know Olga, you know that she is always wearing red. And so don't ever wear red around there. You will not look as good as she does in it. And secondly, that she um, she has a big heart. And so you're always giving. I was very, um, thank you for inviting me. Um, so there is now at our university, the University of Illinois at Chicago, a scholarship by ASE, and it's the Olga Camargo Scholarship Fund. And so um, tell me a little bit about how that came about. Like, I, like, I am so, like, honored to, like, know you and see that. I'm like, wow, like, this is amazing. And just the work you've done, even with Northeastern, like, you are very much an advocate for our community. So one, congratulations and thank you. And two, you. tell us about the, how you... So yeah. number one, so I, I'll say this. Um, so I was the national board chair for ASE mm-hmm. for... a since like 2016 and I finished my term my term came to an end and I did not know that this was happening all I know is that it got announced this year back in April when ASE had their national summit and I just everything is a little bit of a blur all I know is that I saw Patricia Mota the CEO and president of ASE on stage, I'm looking at, you know, the, at the screen, big mm-hmm. screens, one of them, my name, my, my picture comes out. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Did I forget that I was supposed to speak? I, I don't even remember that I was supposed to speak. And that just consumed my mind. I was like trying to decide like, what, what is am she, I going to talk about? What am I going to yeah. talk about? Right. Cause I prepare for my speeches. Mm. So. No, well, next thing you know, she's announcing this precise scholarship. Uh, I I was tremendously honored, and it was one of the most humbling experiences that I've ever experienced in my life. Because I thought, that's, <laughs> well, number one, I'm like, do they know, am I dying? You know, what's <laughs> that's something that, of a, of a right, legacy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um yeah, no, that was that was a very emotional moment for me to have been deemed worthy to have my name or have a name scholarship like that. And so, of course, yes, I I have in the past given monies so that other mujeres de hace Latinas can go through the program because sometimes I I know that money is an issue and or sometimes they want to go through this professional development, but no one is really sponsoring them. And they don't have the money. And what I have seen through that Mujeres de Aces scholarship, I mean, well, program and through a scholarship is that these women go through it and not even like maybe about a year, maybe a year goes by. And they're about 80 percent of all the women that go through that program are reporting that they received an increase in pay, that they have a better position. And so I just feel that's economic empowerment, too. 
100%. And then with Northeastern Illinois University, mm-hmm. ASTE also put in the Dr. Vini Caravaggio Scholarship. And that was really an honor to um, a, a great man, Dr. Vini Caravaggio, who helped tremendously out with ASTE. And unfortunately, he uh, passed away um, unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. So that's something that is housed at Northeastern Illinois University, our, my, our sister university. I happen to be now the first Latina to serve as the foundation's board president. And I am honored to be there and also happy to be supporting that scholarship. I believe in our students. I believe in our youth. We just don't have enough funding out there right now to help everyone. And I think that our community is in a position to be able to do that. When you think about our purchasing power. Yes. $3.4 3.4 trillion. Yeah, yeah. That, I, th- I think we've got some money. <laughs> I think we've got some money. So, and that's and that's where I just I just challenge everyone in our community to really think about when they say, oh, the U.S. Latino, uh, you know, population can be yeah. can comprise like maybe the fifth largest economy right. in the world. But we're making other people rich, and and that's not cool. I think we need to make sure that we understand that, you know. We have to invest in our youth. Yeah. People really need you. They really need you. Olga, this has been amazing. You know, we're huge fans. We will put up SheNix's information on our website and, um, you know, in the notes for this episode. Reach out to Olga. She is so open to feedback. She wants to make sure that people use it. You know, the best, the best gift you could give someone is feedback because that's, the way we grow and that's the way we know that there's a need for change. So thank you for being that catalyst for so many of us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mario. Thank you, Nayeli. <laughs> thank you. Bueno, yo soy Mario Rodríguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suárez Gas y aquí los esperamos la próxima vez. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform. 